Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. This morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason in the hope that you that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that good be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is now at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him.
This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text of the message comes from the gospel reading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you give us the gift of life through Jesus in him. We are truly made alive. Keep us strong in our faith that we may always give a bold witness to your holy name. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together 
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. In our reading from the Gospel of John, we heard Jesus say, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Their text. My dear friends in Christ, may the ancient cry of the church continue to unite us as brothers and sisters in Christ, that it unites us and it is a cry that the church proclaims that truth uh, this day. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. On a radio show and podcast titled uh, This American Life, a host by the name of Ira Glass said this, Some regrets never go away. People tell us that they forgive us, we try to forgive ourselves, and we still know we did wrong. We hurt somebody, it was real. And that feeling, it can immobilize you if you're lucky, it teaches you something that you take into the situations. But I think often it's just like this pebble in your shoe that teaches you nothing. It doesn't slow you down, it just hurts. It hurts in this way that does not stop hurting. And in that podcast, he refers to the song by Frank Sinatra, My Way. Maybe you remember that part of the song where Sinatra sings, regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. And Ira Glass uh, sort of takes off on that and says, oh really? Too few to mention? Not me, buddy. He says, not most people. If you don't have regrets, it means you haven't messed up. It means you haven't had your heart broken. It means you haven't been bloody. It means you haven't failed. Regrets. If you're alive, you probably have some, don't you? I mean, you know how it feels. What was it that happened that you regret? Was it when you told your parents that you hated them? Was it when you were a teenager and you drank a lot of alcohol? Was it going too far in a relationship? Was it cheating on an important exam? Was it having a lustful thought? Was it spreading lies about somebody? Was it a time when you maybe saw a bunch of money unattended and you, you took it and you never told anyone? You know how it feels to have something in your past that keeps replaying that scene in your mind again and again. Well, today God's word is powerful and it is pure gospel comfort because Jesus tells you and me, do not let your hearts be troubled. You know, it seems like these Sundays at Easter have had gospel readings that are filled with words of encouragement and comfort. The last time we had these readings was three years ago in the midst of COVID. We were worshiping apart from each other. Pastor Hannah and I, we were recording the services and the sermons in the church by ourselves. But I remember that people would send us notes. People would say, comment about the timelessness of these readings in the midst of everything that they were facing as a church and community and nation. But I think that these readings are just as important now, aren't they? 
We need to hear this comfort from our God again and again. In John chapter 14, we find Jesus' words of instruction, final words of instruction to his disciples in the night when he was betrayed. With undeniable passion, Jesus must have spoken these words knowing full well what was coming up, right? He knew that in Gethsemane, his disciples uh, would sleep when he was asking them to watch and pray with him. Then there was Judas betrayed, and Jesus is arrested by the Jews, and the disciples run away in fear. Then there's John and Simon and Peter uh, staying close enough, just close enough to see what's going on. And Simon Peter, in spite of some great self-confidence, fell into cursing and swearing, I don't know the man. And then soon there would be the trial uh, for, uh, before Annas, then Caiaphas, then Pilate, then Herod, and then back to Pilate again. There'd be terrible physical abuse and beating and scourging and spitting upon. There'd be the crown of thorns and the cross itself, but it would not be the worst of it. The worst would be the heartache and the weight of carrying all the guilt, all the sin, all the shame. Even as all this suffering and agony lay ahead of Jesus, his concern is for what? For his disciples. And that makes perfect sense. That in all this, all that Jesus was about to suffer, it was because of his great love for his disciples, his great love for you and for me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. A troubled heart is a terrible thing, isn't it? Trouble, being troubled is like stress. I read an article one time that said that there have been more than 300, I'm sure more by now, 300 studies on stress conducted over 30 years, all reaching the same conclusion that stress can be bad for your immune system. Stress can be bad for your health. They're going to give me the money, and I could have told them that, right? What I, what I didn't know is what the, the, what, what the scientists have a really hard time explaining what stress is, right? This is how they define it. They define stress as Circumstances that most people would find stressful. That is, stresses. Yeah, that helps a lot, doesn't it? But what they agree upon is that there are all kinds of stress. It's stress that causes your body to get into the delivery of oxygen and glucose to the hearts and lungs and muscles, and, and uh, the stress that causes that fight or flight, right? Debate to happen. Am I going to stand here and fight, uh, defend myself, or should I run for my life? Is your stress, where is it linked? Is your stress linked to an event in which you're involved? Maybe like you gotta get up and speak publicly. Uh, or maybe it's the sound of the dentist drill. Uh, or uh, you're, you're, when you're at the hospital going into some CAT scan tube in your cloth or coat. Is your stress the result of an event? Maybe the death of a spouse. Or maybe that tornado siren goes off, or maybe some other natural disaster. Or like during COVID, the after effects of sheltering in place and for so long, get stressed out. People get stressed out about so many things, about family, about job, about health. I mean, you know, events are gonna bring trouble for days, weeks and months, or even longer. You know, everything's gonna be different and you wonder how you're gonna cope. Is your stress about something that may never go away. 
like you were in a horrible car accident and you lose a limb or lost your sight. Maybe your spouse has severe dementia and you know that it's only going to get worse. Is your stress about something distant? Something happened when you were little? Uh, or when you witnessed the death of a friend in an accident or maybe a, a fellow soldier in combat? Compared to that, Maybe the stress of company dropping in when your house is messed up is pretty small potatoes. Maybe a traffic ticket or the stove that's on the fritz seems pretty minor when we consider some of those other things. But to people confronted with any type of stress, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you. Like we did with the children's message, in our stretch, Jesus promises us a future, a happy ending, a home in heaven and eternity. In the, in the first, if you have kids, you probably read these, uh, in the first volume of the Lemony Snicket books, a series of unfortunate events, there's a paragraph that lays out the framework for the story. This is what it says. If you're interested in stories with happy endings, you'd be better off reading some other book. In this book, not only is there no happy ending, there's no happy beginning, very few happy things in the middle. This is because not very many happy things happen in the lives of three Bondolera youngsters, Violet, Klaus, and Sonny. They were intelligent children, they were charming, resourceful, had pleasant facial features, but they were extremely unlucky. And most everything that happened to them was rife with misfortune, misery, and despair. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but that is how the story goes. Happy endings. While the rarity in that book, it's not rare in our lives. Our life will have a happy ending, right? It's that certain and sure hope that we have. We have this happily ever after in heaven and eternity. And Jesus reminds us, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you. There's a place for us. We have a permanent place in God's presence. Not a place to crash on the couch, right? Not a tent in the backyard or a pop camper in the driveway. We have a home. Home in heaven and eternity because Jesus made one for you and for me. He said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And, and once again, the, the disciples just don't quite get it, and Thomas is the one to ask this time. I mean, it's sort of like Jesus when he's talking to Nicodemus about being born again, and Nicodemus just doesn't get it, wondering, how am I going to get back inside my mother's womb to be born again? And Thomas was asking that question, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? He is thinking this is a question for Google Maps, right? Um, where are you going uh, so we know where to go? We, we don't know what destination to punch in. But notice how patient Jesus is. He doesn't call Thomas a blockhead. Uh, he explains with gentleness, no, no, no. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the way. 
Jesus is the way, not one of many ways, the way, the only way. There are billions of people who are looking for God in heaven in all the wrong places. They do not know that Jesus is their savior from sin, death, and the devil. But, but you don't need to be a pastor to tell your friends and co-workers and relatives and in-laws, Jesus is the only way to heaven and eternity. It doesn't need to be complex in simple terms. Talk about the holidays, right? Uh, tell them about Christmas and Good Friday and Easter. Talk about Pentecost and, and Moses and Noah. Talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Talk about David and Isaiah and Jeremiah. Talk about God's word. But there's a catch. To do that, you need to read God's word. <laughs> and as you read God's word, powerful truths uh, that you learn about law and gospel begin to change, doesn't it? It changes your heart. It changes your life. It changes your family. It changes your friend. Jesus is the way. Jesus said, I am the truth. The truth. Remember Pontius Pilate in the trial that Jesus asked Jesus very cynically, oh, what is truth? And sometimes there's not a whole lot of truth in Washington, D.C., Springfield for that matter, or a lot of other places. There isn't a lot of truth at times in the news, is there? Reporters express opinion instead of reporting. Truth gets sort of stretched. <laughs> Facts get shared, but only some of them. Lies are believed, fairness gets abandoned. There isn't a lot of truth on TV shows, right? We see people lying and taking on human life, but you don't see the painful consequences, usually. You see people abusing drugs and alcohol, but there aren't the consequences that are shown. You see people mocking and ridiculing Jesus and there is no foretelling of the judgment that comes down upon them. Jesus is the truth, he is the truth of the gospel. He is the son of God come to, uh, come to die and rise again with power and great glory and he will come again and judge the living and the dead and that is the truth. And then Jesus said, I am the life. Life is something that's so easily disregarded, so easily cast aside in our world today, right? Life at conception, life that has been born, and life at the end of life. Supporting our life in our world sort of comes with an asterisk, doesn't it? Life is supported if it's convenient. Life is supported if they agree with me. Life is supported if they're the same as me. Life gets thrown away and disregarded for the tiniest of flaws. The truth is, every single one of us is flawed, aren't we? Not just flawed on the outside, but flawed on the inside, too, with sin. And the time that we have in this life is important. I think that's something that people learned when we were shut down with COVID. We learned how important it was to be with one another. But we also learned how important the time is that God has given us. He has given us time to come to faith, to share our faith. Jesus is the life. The life and souls are at stake. People need to know Jesus. At the beginning, I talked about regrets. I read this article about students from Strayer University. They set up a big chalkboard on the sidewalk in New York City for a day. And at the top of the board, uh, they wrote, 
write down your biggest regret. And I had a big supply of chalk and set up a video camera to record people writing down on the board. The chalk uh, board attracted a lot of people uh, and it was soon filled overflowing with, with regrets that were, that were touching and heart uh, and thought provoking. Biggest regrets, burning bridges, never speaking up, not being a good husband, should have spent more time with the family, staying in my comfort zone, not saying I love you, never applying to med school, not making the most of every day, not being a better friend. This board filled up uh, with so many different stories, but they noticed that, that almost all of the regrets had one thing in common, nearly all of them involved the word not. They were all about chances not taken. They were all about words not spoken. They were all about uh, dreams that were not pursued, never pursued. But then they gave the people an eraser and wrote clean slate across the top of the chalkboard. And one woman, as she erased her regret, tears in her eye and said, that makes me feel hopeful. It means that there are possibilities. My dear friends in Christ, because of Jesus Christ, it's not just possibilities. There are certainties for you in this life. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be discouraged. Jesus is with you. Don't give up. Jesus is with you. Don't be worried. Jesus is with you. And don't be afraid. Jesus is with you. He isn't just preparing the way to heaven for you. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And he is the way, the truth, and the life for you this day. My friends, rejoice. Rejoice in the wonderful assurance from our good and gracious God today. The joy of Jesus promises, the work of Jesus in your life and in mine gives us that joy as we proclaim this truth, the truth that we proclaim, especially in Easter. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.